Welcome everyone to another Broken English Films podcast. I'm of course Hugo. And I am Bola. And right now uh, we are broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location. Although if you Google us at any point you'll probably understand where that location is. But let's not spoil the magic. Let's just call it undisclosed for now. And I apologize in advance if you hear some loud banging and screaming. I'm a, I have a schizophrenic neighbor and uh, sometimes he has his moments. And is this real or is this? No, it was very real. I could play you the audio tapes. Why are you recording a... audio tapes? I mean, is this for personal? <laughs> it's for artistic reasons. Sometimes he goes into this mad, these manic episodes and, and it, he starts banging on, he starts banging on his door and then yelling, yelling yelling things out in chinese so he'll do this in succession and it'll be just like he'll do these in like waves and just before we started he was having another episode so just forewarning everybody (laughs) just in case that comes up you just just as a disclaimer well i mean i i think calling it added entertainment might be a little bit crass and cruel it is the other the other night was interesting too. I'll play that to you later. But <laughs> the neighbor, one of our new neighbors, she doesn't realize the situation, and then she got it. She got into it with him. Two a.m. in the morning. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, first and foremost, will you, if you were American, would you be voting for Mr. West, twenty uh, twenty? <laughs> um, it depends on who his running mate is. Oh, so yeah, it, I need to. You're literally basing your opinion on whether or not you'd vote for well, it's arguably one of the... I mean, I've got to say this. He is really quite stupid in the things he says. I love his music. I've been a fan of him for a long time. Well, up until about the life of Pablo. But because um, I wasn't that into yay. You didn't like it? I didn't like which. I like the life of Pablo, but it's I'm not very religious. So when he's gone on from there to the gospel stuff, etc., etc., oh, not my oh, thing. Yeah. Right, not my right. thing. And then slavery being a choice, etc. <laughs> I should be allowed to vote for Trump. Blah blah blah. It was kind of at that point where I'm just like, yeah. And then the Letterman interview. Um, I don't know if you saw that the Netflix Letterman interview. No, I didn't see that. My next guest is. Again, he's a very talented artist. I know people that worked with him. No, we've seen that. Bozy... Pardon? We've seen how talented he could be. Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. Couldn't be much worse than Trump, could he? <laughs> I don't know. That's a profound philosophical question that I just can't answer right now. All right, well, I'll answer it for you. No, it couldn't be worse than Trump. <laughs> um. I don't want to get to it. It's just, it's hard to know whether the, how serious this thing, how serious this announcement is, or is it just a publicity stunt? Who knows? I mean, um, the man's a billionaire. He's got Elon Musk behind him, <laughs> tweeting his support. Um, Elon Musk has uh, gave him his endorsement. Yeah. Um, okay, you know what? I think I might have to just reinstate this media blackout that I've been doing <laughs> because when as soon as I pop my head back in, it just doesn't seem to be getting any uh, 
I mean, here's the thing. Every time you and I speak about this and, and touch on the fact of how toxic and draining and literally um, engaging and engulfing this whole news cycle is, like, you find all your time being sucked away and anything you were trying to do, it's not yours anymore. It's not your choice. Yeah, it just it just gets sucked right out of you, right? And this is why I try to avoid it because... Things like this will just suck up so much of your attention because of how out, just be, basically because of how outlandish it all is and just how crazy it is. It's salacious. It's interesting and stupid and banal and yeah. Yeah. It's like watching, Needless it's just like your life turning into the National Enquirer or something like that. Yeah. So what we've been talking about for the past little while, uh, what we've been alluding to has been how things are going to resume in terms of uh, getting back to normal with regards to the film industry and so on and so forth. And I don't know if you do or don't know this, but they have, there has been a lot of talk that the BC industry will be resuming around the 20th. Um, there are various people in different departments that I've spoken with, including, well, in particular, just to, to sort of solidify, they are prepping things. There's some PAs and such that are all getting together um, they're covered in COVID, sorry, I was about to call them COVID masks. They're covered in face masks and they're setting things up. And like, um, for those of you that are involved in film, you will know about the famous 15Ps and 7P, as in passenger vans. Um, they've got specific protocols with regards to how many people can be in those at one time in order to have it spaced out. Um, I think it's something like you can have seven and a 15 and as in passengers of course you've got the driver in addition like two right. or something two or three and a seven and yeah they're getting things set up so it seems like they are trying to move in any way that they can full speed ahead so i wonder how this will play down in the indie world we're guys like us right, right. yeah like how would we do it that's something that's been on my mind for the last little while. It's just like, it's for guys like you and I and anybody else who's just like, you know, guerrilla filmmaking out at this point and you don't have a big budget and, you know, resources and everything. You got to do things in a different way. It begs the question is just like, if I was to go out there and film something tomorrow, how would, how would, how would guys like us do it? I don't think it, I think it would actually be a hell of a lot simpler for, the indie world than it would for the conventional mainstream world. Right. The reason that I think it would be simpler is, you know, if you talk about having a ton of PAs and you talk about having these people and that people in the third, and instead of just having one person or two people handling makeup, you've got a whole trailer's worth, etc. Yeah. And instead of having one person handle uh, wardrobe, you've got a whole department with this, that and the third involved. The stripped down version of the indie world avoids a lot of the bureaucracy and complications that too many cooks involved in it will end up creating, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yes, right. It would reduce that, right? It seems like the, this thing is being cut down by half. Right. Yeah. Um. I get the I get the idea for it. I just sometimes wonder how effective these things are. But I get what I get the point of it, right? There's no there wasn't specified I guess there was no specified uh time frame for all of this kind of thing, right? This is just like playing it as you go. Again, yeah. And the thing is is if any of uh 
if the virus does have an outbreak again, I, yeah, I, as we've seen the resurgence in certain places, then you know everything's just going to collapse down again. No, there can't be. There's no, there's no way we can afford another shutdown. What do you mean? Economically, if we right, shut but, things down again, it's devastating. It is, but then what's the choice? I don't know, but the econ- you're going to have to ask yourself that question. Is the economic collapse worth it? I think life is worth preserving at all costs. And if it happens to be that you have to shut things down and like and be more strict on the way you deal with these things. You know, it's one thing for you to not be as rich and be able to come out at the end of it and then rebuild than if you're, well, than if you're dead. <laughs> well, like I said, we could, this is, it's, like I said, if this was something like the Ebola virus or something just as menacing or something like that, I, I would totally get it. But I'm just saying, there could be more lives lost from an economic collapse than the virus itself. I, I don't know that I agree with that. I could make a fair argument about that. Like there could, there's from just from think about your just the, an economic collapse, what that does to your to your healthcare system, right? And then all the distress that causes the, the mental distress that causes so many people when they have lost their money, their jobs, their house, the housing, everything, the suicides and the violence that just stems from that. Like I said, I, I could just make a pretty, pretty hard, I could make a pretty convincing case that an economic collapse would probably have more devastation than, than a virus that is, kills at a percentage of what? 5%. Something. And I mean, while I can understand your argument with regards to the mental impact and the economic impact and things along those lines, the cost of human life is far greater in my opinion, because here's the deal. When you say the percentage is low, if you were to put your family in a room and go, okay, you're all the members of my family, you're the extended members of my family, etc. Hmm. Let's make sure that, no, we don't need all of you surviving. Let's go with you three. You three can fuck off and die while the rest of us keep going and then we'll be okay. I mean, to me, the cost of life um, is far greater than the delay and the uncomfortability. And I'm not acting like it's not something fraught with uh, hiccups and issues and and mental draining portions of it. But yeah, I just, I think that you have to do things properly. I I agree too. But Um, it's just what I'm learning, but just of what I, what what I think what we're learning, well, I, what I've noticed I think we're going to look back at just even the first time that we shut down and so much of so much of it seemed to have been there's a lot of elements that were ill-advised. Right, but but be more specific. Well, there's still things that are up in there's still things up in question right now in terms of like the economic the resp- economic response basically in terms of a shutdown and then the long-term impacts of that on on the economy itself and what that's going to do i mean we're still seeing the ripple of we're still have we still have to examine what the ripple effects of so many of these businesses shutting down right and many of them as we know um are going to go bankrupt right and and that's no small thing in and of itself i'm i'm not trying to 
belittle what is occurring. Um, what I, 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 what, I, what? Sorry to cut you off, but it's just like I said. There's a lot of there's there there's a scenario where there's a cascading effects of an economic collapse, right? And we've seen that before in history, where economic collapse swings right into warfare, and then we have even more loss of lives. Uh, loss of lives compared to the virus itself, and we, we we've seen that before, and it's a very very even. Even in this, even in our modern times, it's a very, very great possibility things like that can happen because there's a lot of things going on in the, under the surface, right? Right. I, I don't want to be do I don't want to be dooming, Mister Doom and Gloom and paranoid and everything like that. But I just know what happens when there's bread lines. I mean, yeah, you've you've seen the way people have been behaving during this as well, and you've we we we've seen how nutty people are these days, right? Um, it. It just, like I said, you just give them another push in the right direction, and we have, we have night, we have uh, the drum up to World War Two again, right? The scenario like that. Sorry, sorry, sorry to go all deep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I went dark there, then I, but I'm sorry. I'm just laying it out there. I'm just like I had to go there for some reason because it's just like a second shutdown is like. Uh, just, just put it in your brain. I'm just saying it's, it's not that far fetched, right? It's just not that far fetched where if you have a total economic collapse, if, if, if something leads up to that, what happens next? Uh, like I said, it could be far worse off than the pandemic itself. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I, I still don't agree with you. We, we have a lot, we, a lot of, we, we right now have a lot of strong men who are in power armed with thermonuclear weapons and all kinds but of I, I think that's the absolute extreme I think that's the absolute extreme I think more so you have to look at the cases of certain countries that are doing a good job dealing with it that don't take the approach of uh, paranoia and worst case scenario fears and in in some ways likening it to Trump's this is worse sorry you can't let the disease be worse than um, sorry, you can't let the way we deal with it be worse than the disease itself. I get that to a degree, but you look at, say, the Japanese, or you look at the Kiwis, you look at the people in New Zealand, you look at these other countries that have taken strict measures and that also have now introduced different policies along the lines of compulsive mask wearing. Uh, I think it was a city within North Carolina or South Carolina has now imposed that if you don't wear a mask, you get a fine of 50 bucks on the spot. I think that there are ways of reintroducing it. Even if there are, even if there is a second wave, there's a way of coping with it, but it has to include a smart approach. Like the whole thing um, that you had sent me with regards to the people talking about masks being tyranny and, you know, um, I can't breathe, blah, blah, blah. And just the mockery of it and the insane stuff that they had with regards to what these masks were. These masks are simple cloth related items. Yeah, but it's a symbol I mean, to a lot of people or some, but somehow it's been politicized and it's somehow turned itself into a symbol of repression for many people. And I don't know how that happened, but right. for many people, they see it as it's just another stepping stone to fascism. 
Yeah, I, I which don't I mean. don't agree with at all. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. As I say, it's another know, it's, it's another stepping stone to fascism and mis and using quotes out of context. That's yeah. my favorite part. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that people enjoy doing, whereby they cherry pick what was and wasn't said in a particular sentence, as opposed to the whole breadth of the point. Or or using or using phrases of things that they don't even realize what it means, and <laughs> not using it in the right context. But that's another scenario. No, I know. I I hear what you're saying that if there's a second wave, um, there has to be countermeasures. I'm just saying, at all costs, that scenario where you shut things down again has to be avoided. If possible, yes. It definitely, definitely, if possible. Yeah, I mean, um, if you guys, if they haven't figured it out now, and it, if they haven't figured it out now, when we do that again, it's like all all bets are off. I mean, all bets are off at that point. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, clearly the industry is trying to get itself going again. There are ways that they're trying to greenlight things, bring things back into the fore. I know that down in uh, in New Zealand, they're trying to start filming the Lord of the Rings TV show for Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, things are moving forwards here. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm interested to see how they actually go forward with all that. And hopefully right. be able to see something from my own eyes and how they do it, right? Yeah, I I wish I like I said I wish I knew I knew I knew what how it's all gonna work, right? But until it has starts happening, can't really say. True, I am. Um, I saw a very interesting post online uh, which was attacking an independent production i believe it was maybe it was a mainstream production i don't know but they were attacking an indie production because the post include sorry they were attacking a production again i, I want to clarify i'm not sure whether it was indie i'm not sure whether it was mainstream but the post included asking for people to be in a bar scene i think it was just looking for extras as to go with the actors as well but you know what the right. one requirement was for your qualification to be an extra on said show You've had the virus. <laughs> so the mentality that was being introduced to this posting was, if you've had it, then theoretically you're now immune. So it's a herd immunity type mentality of bringing everyone in, going, ah, oh, these people are good, etc., etc., etc. But it, I was flabbergasted at the notion that it's sort of, oh, okay, well, we're no longer looking at body type. We're no longer looking at race we're no longer looking at sex <laughs> see we we, tra we transcended all of that we, you know, we transcended yeah, exactly. race gender political yep. ideology it's all about your antibodies now yeah if you got the right antibodies you're booked we we we've made it man we've made it we want you all weak <laughs> oh where was this again I, it was something i saw online i think it was us based okay uh <laughs> that's a, that's a weird one i mean get though i guess it's it's so weird because it's like you gotta have to it's like pulling a specific portion of the population with a specific this and that i mean you have to find those extras which are a, a handful of the population and then you got to find those extras that have antibodies and now you what what i, I think that would be a really small pool to work with there <laughs> hopefully you don't <laughs> I don't, hopefully they they don't need like a they don't need like a full full bar scene or something like that. 
I mean, you and I have been talking about this for a while, how they will be able to continue things as normal because we aren't in our normal world anymore. Um, and we've got probably at least a couple of years before we get there again. Because it has to be eradicated for everyone to be able to quote-unquote walk. Not free, free is the wrong word, but without caution, uh, without the social distancing, right? queuing up for anything or going to most shops and stores at the moment is just unless you're going at a, the best time of the day is an absolute nightmare to have to queue up and then wait and then i mean it's I, i'm being dramatic first world problems etc but nevertheless it's just it's not fun <laughs> no it's not fun i mean yeah it's what can I say? For the next couple of years, it's going to be a different kind of scenario where they're just going to, just going to be doing a lot of this distancing and uh, hyper hyper uh, sterilization of your environment and that kind of thing. And I don't know what the what it looks like post all of this, right? Because it's not like you can eliminate this kind of this virus completely. Well, I I forget where I was. Um reading this but i'd read that apparently there was another pig related flu influenza strain that they found in china within the past week or something and it's just yeah i think i read something like that too where this thing is just ready to jump so <laughs> i mean things were fun while they lasted no nah, people <laughs> listen it's like come on folks it's like let's get real you live on this planet here. These things are have been there for a while, and they're gonna keep coming. There's like, there's, we need to get out of get these this idea out of our head that we're gonna be in this place where nothing happens, and you know, there's no dangers around, and you know, there's no pathogens that are gonna be that are not roaming around. I I believe I read. It's um, like forget about that scenario. It's, it was never there, and it's not coming back. Yeah, I believe that I had read recently that the only way to properly be able to be 100% um, healthy all of the time is a uh, regular intake of very strong whiskey. And um, if you manage to maintain that, you'd be good. Like, as long as it's a Johnny Walker brand, well, actually, not Red Label, but Black, um, Blue's good, gold's good. My my doctor said any label is okay, and and he said also a little bit of cocaine, a little bit of cocaine just to take the edge off is all right too. I'm not sure I would continue seeing that doctor. Um, they may be ill advising you. Uh, I, he was I in the not... he was in the alleyway, in around my neighborhood. I mean, your neighborhood says it all. <laughs> they call him the street doctor. You know what I mean? The street doctor. Yes. Um. And to sort of contextualize this for anyone listening, Bola has some interesting neighbors. Yes, I live in, in an interesting part of town in Vancouver, uh, <laughs> Vancouver, BC. If you're ever on, uh, coming by, uh, come say hi at uh, the downtown east side. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a very cultural, uh, it's a very cultural uh, experience, one can say. Yeah, um, I was filming there. I told Bola this story. Um, it's funny because <laughs> with this, as a result of, um, it's just a very interesting breaking down the third wall type thing because I'm now telling a story to whoever's listening in reference to you who I'm talking with on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing myself trying to explain it. Anyway, 
So there was a time when I was filming a pilot, um, I was working on, sorry, a show that I'd worked on the pilot for, and they were filming just around where Bowler lives, to sort of give you a little bit of an understanding of the neighbourhood. And I was standing in on the show, and randomly, out of nowhere, this, excuse me, older, agent, older Asian lady is being uh, closely followed by a younger Asian woman who I'd assumed and the people around me all assumed they were related. They, they were walking at the sort of distance that pre-COVID, you're sort of like, they got to be related or know one another. And out of nowhere, because the older lady wasn't walking fast enough, the younger lady starts slapping around the back of the face. So she's standing behind her and she's slapping her face from behind. And we're all looking at one another going, what's going on here? And they got into a fight with the cane. I mean... Luckily, the old woman seemed to be the victor. So the police immediately came and started questioning the old lady. Um, but yeah. Something tells, me they, something tells me they were related. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't really get into much of a conversation with them. I don't know. I have this feeling that they were related. I just witnessed something weird this morning too, but I'll show you the video later. But it's basically like this this older couple, they caught this guy stealing and they jacked him up on the streets and they actually got back their merchandise from him. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. First, first, <laughs> first, my first, first stroll, first out, of the, stroll out, of the, out of my apartment just to get some cup of coffee and then it just, I just, that's the first thing I see. I mean, like I said, if you're in town, come by to China, downtown, east side Chinatown. It's a very culture vancouver it's a very cultural experience mm -hmm. also if you want to be baffled by random footprints on your car hood yeah park in the area right <laughs> or your back window smashed <laughs> yeah um don't leave any so going on from <laughs> going on from what we were saying with regards to the whole covid relationship to film and so on and so forth um, we were talking earlier about the Cineworld attempted acquisition of Cineplex and then the breaking of that and what's going on there. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? And and fill us in a little bit, Bola, for those that aren't familiar. Oh, so, um, so forever, whoever is not familiar with them, um, this is a, there's, in Canada, we have a, a huge uh, movie theater, theater uh, chain called uh, Cineplex. And recently... I think it was the end of last year. They were being bought out by a British Cineplex chain called uh, Cineworld, right? Cinema yeah, chain. So Cineworld. What was it? What was it? No, no, you said Cineplex chain, and I and I just corrected it oh. to Cinema chain. Cinema chain, yeah, Cinema chain called uh, Cineworld, and they were going to buy out Cineplex, and then so you know this whole COVID thing comes out, and so what happened is. It, a few weeks ago, they decided to cancel on the deal and and claim that uh, Cineplex breached the uh, their agreement somehow. I mean, they didn't specify how, but Cineplex, they claimed Cineplex breached the deal. So therefore, the they canceled it. Cineplex stock plummets, and now uh, we just find out that Cineplex, of course and rightfully so, is going to counter sue uh, Cineworld for the breach of. So, so just to clarify. Um, what I had read, which was a little more of an expansion on what you were just saying there, is the reason that Cineworld bowed out of it was there was a contingency factor with the acquisition 
which was if they went up if they went above a certain level of debt it would eradicate or negate the contract who 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 so the buyer right cineworld said that if the debt from cineplex goes too high we're not going to buy you and so their argument was the debt got too big but um cineplex's argument and again these are from articles that we've read don't sue us these are from articles that we've read we are not experts we are just parrot (laughs) repeating this stuff um basically with covid the debt just mounted because immediately everything had to shut down so cineplex's argument is that's a load of bullshit because our debt only went that way because we had a a fucking global pandemic and what we're gonna do see that's and i didn't read that but if that's the argument then i don't know it's 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 to me it just sounds like it they did they found something they can use to bail because it's basically when I first saw the announcement, I just immediately my immediate reaction was buyer's remorse, and I get right. it, and I get it, because you know it it this whole thing couldn't have come at a worse time, right? It wasn't right. like the theater the theater business was uh, thriving, right? It's kind of been in a decline recently, and then you throw this into the mix, it just completely throws off the future. I mean, Cineplex is just reopening now, but they're not gonna have they're not gonna be back to their uh previous their previous uh uh level of business before the pandemic because they're not even they can't even fill the theaters up right they're not even allowed to there has to be spaces in between the seats right so that means half the ticket sales and that's half the revenue right there so um they know and that's going to be something that's going to be pretty much normal for the probably for the next couple of years right a year or two, at least. I, I think knows, it but gets spe- you. speculating, it's going to be a while. And, and then people are going to have to feel like they're more comfortable right. going back to theaters. So it just throws the whole theater business into disarray. I think the problem is, um, just looking at it from a legal perspective, you say, well, you said you were going to buy this company. So in all good conscience... Full disclosure, yes. I'm trying to be a shareholder of Cineplex. We didn't need to know that. That, I mean, that's why I was, that's why I've kind of been all over that story because I was watching that whole thing go down because I was planning to be a, uh, buy some uh, shares in that company. But, you know, when this whole thing started happening, it kind of threw all that off. So I know, I know what they're thinking at Cineworld because I'm thinking the exact same thing. Right. But I mean, the problem the problem is, is how do you, how do you rationally just turn around and go, well, I, I, I would have, I'll be honest with you. I would have done the same thing. You would have broken the contract. I would have broken it, but I wouldn't have came up with this, come up with this lame excuse about uh breach of contract. And it goes, I'm sorry. Come on. Like I just, I would just fully, just, just fully throw it out there. Sorry. We can't do this. Right. But the point and is, then we'll pay the fees. Agreed. But once you've agreed on the acquisition, you've agreed on the acquisition. Like there's a lot of work that goes into a corporation buying another corporation. It's not just simply, oh, you're mine, we're done, etc. Oh no, definitely because, like I said, pay the fees, right? Because you know, um, with something like this, if the contract is breached or for whatever reason, right, uh, 
they have to pay a fee and it could be it's going to be pretty significant i mean reading um like because i'm not i'm not an expert in this but theoretically cineplex could be entitled up to billion of a billion dollars or something like that i don't know it's something it could be something as ridiculous as that and that's not i mean i'm sure there would be a a stringent penalty at least at least what oh 200 million dollars to up to like a billion in in uh, damages and stuff like that so it's just to me it's it just seems such a like a it just seems like a lame excuse because i know what they're looking at because when they if they go through with this purchase it's it's more than likely what would not work for them right you have an industry that's completely been shattered right now and you're spending all this money and the business outlook looks very uh, dire so mm-hmm. i get them bailing I do. I, I recently, guess. I recently, this recently happened with a friend of mine, and I, I had to tell him to bail on a deal. But that, but in her situation, she didn't sign any, she didn't finalize anything, and these people were loafing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I just told her to bail. I mean, you have to weigh up what makes more sense. It would, because it would have been a horrible disaster for her. She would have spent over a hundred grand with her partner to buy a business that would be not fully operational until who knows yeah the only difference is is she was she was she was early she she was um she didn't nothing was finalized and she was it was early enough that she had legal grounds to leave okay slightly different with this one (laughs) this one is a bit different but Nonetheless, nonetheless, when I just, when I saw the news, when I first saw them bailing on it, I'm like, and they they came up with an excuse. I just knew it's, it's just buyer's remorse, which I get. I, I I understand that. Well, I don't know that it necessarily is buyer's remorse or it's just, when a company acquires another company, if there's that much debt that they have to contend with, which there is, there was significant debt. You have to see at which point it becomes less of a lucrative transaction less of a lucrative purchase and when it just becomes a massive liability now initially as things were looking good prior to the uh, the expansion of the virus and how crippling it became it looked like a good investment on paper for Cineworld because they were about to then make a huge impact into the Canadian cinema market and every proprietary place that Cineplex happens to own the problem is is when the debt just kept mounting, it's like, okay, well, we were going to pay, what, 2.1 or 2.3 billion for the company? And when you start owing as much as they owed, I think I think uh, the contingency was the debt won't exceed 750 mil. So 0.75 billion. And as COVID kicked in, the debt went way above that. Right. And one one can well they can make that argument but it's the the cineplex to make the argument that um it, their debt wasn't their fault because it's just the act of god and the circumstances that they're they're they've been dealt with which is a commonplace thing when it comes to stuff on set as well the whole force majeure clause and things like that whereby you can't people can't be on set people can't work but they're guaranteed a day's pay because of the fact that there was something beyond their control that occurred but people still get reimbursed when they have lost out on said revenue or said agreed amounts because of the fact that there was nothing that could be done, but we still understand and agree that we agreed to this. 
see this is where it gets murky right and <laughs> and this is it, it'll be a great to be a fly on the wall in illegal proceedings and because each lawyer is gonna somehow frame it in their own way and and it'll be interesting to see how much a frame I'll, I'll get you to you this whatever happens they're gonna pay something i don't see a scenario where a world is gonna get out of this scot-free oh no way there's absolutely no way they would um i'm just curious to see how it will or won't affect cineplex because of course Going back to what the the main subject has been in our conversation, um, it's a very precarious time. Yeah, it's the, the if that that's a sec, the, this is a separate discussion in itself in, in terms of what is the business outlook for Cineplex, AMC theaters. Then they go bankrupt recently or something like that. I don't know. I haven't read that they have. I thought that's what happened with them, but maybe I could be thinking about something else. But they're they are in a business where it has been in the decline one can say for the last few years and this is something that just this whole virus thing that's just that's just coming by that might have might have changed the whole landscape when it comes to theaters uh, right the whole theater business right so many like for example blockbusters are being delayed until who knows no we spoke about that last week right it was like how okay it's like how many times so now what do they do right you can only replay uh, certain movies over and over again, right? In the theaters to get to make some sort of money. So it's like, what are they making money on when there's not a whole lot that's being released at this time? Or I don't, or I don't know what's even in the lineup. Yeah, then they'll just I play mean... Titanic again or something like that. See if they can get reclaim that magic that that happened the first time. Who knows what they'll do? All I know is um, I'm very curious to see how a lot of these industries can survive now. It's In all it's of- all speculative. It's all speculative right now because it's just we never dealt with a scenario like this before. And what emerges from it? It's I bet nobody's gonna nobody's gonna real nobody's gonna see it coming. Yeah, I mean, did you? I forget. Is it Quibi? Have you heard of Quibi? think that's the name of the company so what they were trying to do was they were a gamble um i think there was maybe 1.6 maybe 1.7 billion dollars worth of investment that they had put into this particular company to rival netflix in a manner um with short form digital content oh yeah that isn't that the one oh that's the one that um steven spielberg's a uh, business partner uh Maybe I'm not certain who had to. Kazenberg. I think it was Kazenberg that was behind that. Maybe, as I say, I'm not certain. Yeah. But um, that apparently is falling way short of expectations because they've launched it at this point. Oh, did they? And the problem with launching anything right now is people's wallets are strained, and if it costs me, I don't know. 12 bucks for netflix which has tons and tons of content right why am i gonna pay 12 here and 12 here and 12 here and 12 here when i've only got 24 hours <laughs> right. and i don't have the disposable income at the moment to be able to go i'm going to do you 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 and you so it's so is that what the case because i completely even forgot about that i haven't seen anything of it so i've seen a lot of advertising I've, I saw advertisement months ago, and that's what that's what brought it to my attention. But recently, I 
but maybe because I don't use a whole lot of social media and I'm kind of cutting down a lot of these things. So I really, it's kind of, I've, for me, it's something I've completely forgot about. But what is the word on the streets on it, about it? I have just, I, I know that they were, I believe they were expecting somewhere in the region of, uh, I think, 40 or 50 million subscribers. And I think they've gotten 10. So they're falling quite low beneath predictions and expectations. But again, they had that. I didn't know they had that uh, much prediction that they had had that high of a number. I think that's a little bit steep because it's a really experimental format. Again, um, I'm referring to my memory, which at this point, waking up so early and getting so much done <laughs> might be shaky. But I know that their predicted numbers were a hell of a lot higher than what they'd achieved. Hmm. But what were what they were banking on forty million or whatever that number is right out of the gate, or over a certain period of time? I believe it was within the first quarter they were expecting it, because also the content has a lot of A list talent in it, so it isn't like it's just an everyday actor you can grab. It's they were employing names, and the names were to come up with the short form content, both from the creative side of things and from the performance side of things. And then with that, they were expecting a certain ROI. Well, because I know Spielberg was well, doing was made a show for it. And, and then one of the interesting things about that show is that you can only watch it at nighttime. Yeah. So that's what seems interesting about it. You can only watch it at nighttime. It's a horror. It's a horror thing. And that's that's what it is. You can only watch it at a certain period of time of the day. Which is interesting. But, uh, and I think they, and they filmed some, I know they filmed one of those shows here too. Because I know a guy that was on it. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that this isn't Spielberg. But for some reason, it went from Spielberg to triggering in my mind Tom Hanks. I don't know why I've got those two connected, but nevertheless, and I know they have worked together on Saving Private Ryan and a couple of other things, but nevertheless, um, I saw Castaway for the first time just recently. You seen that one? No, I actually haven't seen that myself either. It stands up. Right. It stands up. What were we talking about last week? Last time, Sorry, we, were, last time we were talking about, last time we were talking about, you know, how much does the uh, the time you watch a film play play uh, into whether you enjoy it or not? Right. So you watch something that I don't. When did that movie come out? I think it was the late nineties. Yeah, late some somewhere around there, right? And you still really enjoyed it. It worked. The acting was there. The story was there. It worked. I. It was one of those things that wasn't contingent upon well, anything really of the time. It just worked. And I mean, Robert Zemeckis or Bob Zemeckis, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's got his catalog and he definitely... Yeah, I was very, very impressed with it. Yeah, he's made some classics. Yeah. I haven't watched it, so I only know a little bit of it. But it's interesting that you did actually watch it now and it's like it still holds up for you and it's you still like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I say, first time seeing it and with it being the first time I was impressed. 
Yeah. I've also been recommended, uh, which I know now is on Amazon, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Hanks. Oh, is that? Did that come out? Yeah, it's, it's on Prime. It's only on Prime? Well, no, it's it's on other things, but if you happen to have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's on there. Was that a theatrical release or was that... Uh... A limited theatrical release. Okay, a limited theatrical release. Tail end of last year. Because I remember there was... The, yeah, I did see all the, the promotions for that, but I just didn't really... I didn't know when it was coming out. As I say, I've been told it's really good. Now, I've been told, so I'm not giving it my seal of approval. Right. But I have been told it's worth seeing, so I'm going to look at it. The other one that um, I want to see that my dad's been recommending to me quite a bit is The Five Bloods. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I got that on uh, my list. So Yeah, I'm my dad check. said it's, it's really good. I actually I'm gonna, I think I'm going to watch that the next thing I'm going to watch, actually. Because I have to get you on <laughs> You get you and my dad to discuss it. <laughs> we can we can exchange notes and, <laughs> and everything. But it's on my um, list. It's on my it's on my like list. And I was like, I think mentally, I that's it was queued up. I just finished uh, Uncut Gems, and I believe that's like the second one. That was like okay. So that was that was the thing that I was going to ask you about. I wanted you to tell me, um, and I was just looking here because, you know trying to make sure I'm staying on top of everything and what Bola and I will be doing. And again, I'm fucking, I'm, <laughs> I'm going from one instance of looking into lanes because I'm talking to you at home to the next instance, looking at you to then back to you. Anyway, what we will be doing as the podcast progresses is when we're back together, because up until the last couple of episodes, everything we did, we did in the same room ah, in the same room <laughs> it's a phenomenon um but we will do more fact checking as we evolve in terms of like the way we have the screen set up the way we have everything set up and we'll have it go that at any point um you, you'll see a more polished product but for now you're seeing us ironing out the kinks you're being left behind the glass door is it glass door or curtain or anyway you're, you're behind <laughs> it's behind the it's behind, behind the curtain, I believe. Yeah, you're there. Anyway, tell us about Uncut Gems. Tell us about your thoughts on it. Um, bearing in mind, I have not seen it, but I'm sure you can pussyfoot around spoilers and such. Actually, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to spoil anything, but um, how I felt about it, it, I really liked. I really. I think it's one of those films where I kind of was more interested in the, in the character than the actual story. Because I thought the character that Adam Sandler played, uh, the the the, uh, the jewelry merchant, was really interesting. And it's like, kudos for him, right? You could just see his range. He, he could play something besides comedic roles, right? So I was really, and I was really fascinated by the character that he was playing. It was like this neurotic jewelry. Uh, I don't know what you call those guys. The, the ones that sell jewelry. Do they have a special name or something like that? Jeweler. Jeweler. <laughs> no, but it wasn't like a specific, it seems like a specific kind of jeweler, but but, but, may, but maybe I'm just overthinking it. But uh, yeah, he okay, let's just say he was a jeweler. Uh, and he's just like this really neurotic jeweler. And he, can't, let's just say, to without giving too much away, he gets himself in some stupid, uh, he gets some hot water. In this, and he gets himself in a really stupid uh, 
situation that he has to get himself out of. But I, I just, to me, I just kind of, I, I felt like I was more enchanted by his character than the overall story itself. I'm not saying the story was bad or anything like that. It, it might have turned a lot of people off. It could turn a lot of people off because it just is very specific. It's a bit rough in terms of its subject matter. Uh, it doesn't, and it doesn't really have like, um, how can I say it? Your traditional ups and downs of a, okay. of that, of a kind of move of this kind of movie. So it's, it has a different kind of p structure to it, but it ends in a way where, <laughs> but the ending was really interesting. Like, cause I don't, okay. I don't want, you have to watch it, but the intro, the ending was pretty interesting because I didn't see that coming really. Um, but you weren't sure how you felt about it, and you you still you're still remarking to me praising his acting and his character and so on and so forth. Are you any clearer as to whether you did or did not like it? Like, is it a film you would recommend? I didn't hate it, and like the thing is, I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not okay. I know that seems like a cop out, but it, it's like I didn't hate it, but I'm not gonna rush out to go see it again. And that's like the, that's the case for me in most movies. I most of them, even if I like it. It has to be a really compelling for me to go watch it again. Mm -hmm. right? Even, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a sign of the times or something like that. But it has to be really compelling for me to, oh, I have to go. I, 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 that, has, that has to trigger the thing that I really want to see this again. Um, I can tell it's a kind of movie that certain types of people will love. Meaning? I, I can't describe it, but I think it will appeal to certain kinds of people. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to... <laughs> I'm not trying to throw something out there, but I think certain kinds of people will like it. I, I, I can't describe it, but I just know it will appeal to in this look. And then looking at the reviews and everything, I think it's a film that will appeal to some people and won't really appeal to other people in a polar, let's see, not in a polarizing way, but, I think it has an audience that will love it. <laughs> I think you'd be hard-pressed not to find every film has an audience. I think audi well, uh, yeah, but I think a specific kind of audience or something like that. Some films more than others. I think some, some have an audience, but it's like... Or, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, some films just have an audience, but it's like, this is not my thing. Right. Uh, I get you. I get you. It wasn't, it wasn't, like I said, it, it's, I'm not going to, it's, it's so hard to just describe this kind of, to see frame an opinion on this because it's, for me, and this is just my opinion, it's just, it's hard to define whether it's just a hard, it's a hard film for me to define. Well, I haven't seen it yet properly. You should see it. I mean, you should go, or at least I should say finish it. <laughs> you should finish it and just, you know, because it's like, you know, some films, uh, there's a lot of films that maybe you just might not get into for the first. Even The Joker for me, I didn't get into it until like 20 minutes into it. And I know the exact, I mean, and I know the exact moment I got into it. I mean, you and I went over this. I'm not gonna go into a film and stay in it. If it's if it's not grabbing me, I'm out. 
But, uh, well, well, but I might give it another try. I mean, I watched it less than sober, um, and it didn't grip me at that point. But also, that's because sleep won. Like, what ended up happening was yeah. it was a battle between the film or slumber. And slumber was victorious. I could see. You see, the thing is, if you're watching a film and it's not explosions and high high concept or a high concept thing or a high high point in the beginning sleep will probably win at that point so i would say it's like when you're more fresh you might want to give it another try all right maybe i will yeah <laughs> just to see i, just to, I just, i'm because i'm curious to know what your opinion because i'm curious to know what your opinion on it was would be i'll let you know as soon as slash if i see it <laughs> still gotta see the five bloods Still got to see the five bloods. I want to see it. Maybe it's probably tonight. Yeah, there's a bunch that I, I want to see. I also want to see... Um, I wonder if it's available for purchase online. A Rainy Day in New York. The Woody Allen film that didn't get broadcast in America. That wasn't the one that you sent me a link for, was it? No, that was Manhattan. Oh, that was Manhattan, yeah. Um, check it. It wasn't, this one wasn't brought, this wasn't... Didn't brought, get distributed in the US. How come? Me How too, was... me too related stuff towards him. Oh, okay, right. So he didn't end up getting a distributor here, although it did quite well in other countries. Interesting. So this was probably so... his latest movie, I guess. Uh, yes. Yes, I think his 14th Well... Maybe what? Well, I'm sure you could find it on. You could try and see if you could find it online somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna see if Amazon sell it or maybe VH, VHX. Well, now it's Vimeo OTT. I'll look in a couple of different places. See if YouTube has it. Oh yeah, because I've never. Have you ever rented on them? Yeah. And it's just. I'm thinking of even buying some things off of it too. And it's just your standard fare. Put in your credit card. That's that. Yeah. Just yeah, just put in your credit card and then you have it. And um, I believe it. Then it gets stored in your paid video, like a paid video section. Or the rent, the one that you rent, it's just up there, so it's attached to your account and you have it, right? But the ones you paid for it are on, I guess, in another section. I'll have to double check, but because I plan on buying some classics that I know I'm going to watch over and over again, and maybe referencing a few things, so. Rather than rent it, I'm just like, well, I want to buy this. I really appreciate this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was actually going to rent Manhattan to watch it. Well, good. I'd hope you wouldn't bootleg or torrent it. I've never bootlegged a film. Never in my life. Say that into the lens. Um... <laughs> I have never bootlegged a single thing in my life. There you go. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you all for listening and watching. Hopefully you found it entertaining. And if not, I have two words for you and they're not very nice. Um, and I'm glad my neighbor didn't interrupt us because it would just would have been really weird. But there's always next week. There, there is always next week. Don't worry. Give it, give it enough time. <laughs> give it enough time and he'll show up. All right, guys and girls. Um... And whatever you identify yourself as. Um, yeah. Speak to you soon. Until next time, amigos. 
check the website if you don't already check the website sign up for the mailing list if you don't already and uh, bola and i'll be back showing you more stuff creating more gems for you etc um some more uncut uncut gems to come folks adios why did you make the bomb why <laughs> <laughs>